Well, this morning you'll see in your Bibles, we're going to start off in Psalm 23. And we're going to be bouncing around a few places. We haven't left our parables, but a a number of weeks ago and even last week we had some questions on this this topic, so I thought we would take one more week, take a look at this, uh, this part of hearing the voice of God, understanding His voice over the other voices that we sometimes hear. Last week we were looking at the sheep and the shepherd parable from John chapter 10. We saw that the simple traits it tells us that we are his sheep are they that uh, his sheep know his voice his sheep follow his voice that's two big things right there they know his voice and they follow his voice they learn his commands and they do his commands that'll really tell you whether you're in you're in the fold or not but some people we we talk ourselves out of knowing the voice of god how do i how do i come to know the voice of god there's a lot of voices that are around how do i know that the one i'm hearing is the voice of God. Now we also took a look at this parable and the shepherds were in there. We saw that the shepherds, they also have traits. True shepherds come through the gate. That is the right way. That is the way of the word. Jesus said, I am the gate. They love the sheep more than they love themselves and they defend as well as care for the sheep. And we shared with you last week that one of, if not, the most important signs of spiritual growth is knowing the voice of God. Above all the other voices, you can pick out the voice of God. That's how you know, boy, I've grown spiritually because I can sure hear His voice a lot better than I used to. Now, we often think of hearing His voice just in the area of direction, maybe in revelation, but it is also very much about discerning light from darkness. If you are truly a follower of God in His fold, following the shepherd, and you hear something that is off, you will know it because it's not the voice of the shepherd. The more that you can listen to some things that are out there and say, that's not right, the more you know, I'm hearing the voice of the shepherd. I'm learning that voice. And these are things that we need to get hold of. When you hear the voice of the shepherd and you can pick out the light from the darkness, he says no one will ever snatch you out of his hand. I gave you this one too. The devil knows this and is constantly at work to get believers to follow another voice, one who enters another way. The enemy is always trying to corrupt the word. He's trying to get you to take something just a little off. He knows if you are a believer and you've been following after God, you're not going to take something that's completely off. But He wants you to take something that's a little bit off. Because if He can get you to take something that's a little bit off, not quite in the Word, a little bit off, He can start to tarnish your ability to hear. Because if you get a little bit here, then you'll you'll go and you get a little bit more. Remember what He said about the parable of the leaven? A little leaven leavens the whole loaf. We've got to make sure we keep the loving out. And you can. It's not hard work. All we've got to do is know the voice of God. I can hear somebody teaching something. They may be a, a good person. They may be intending right. But I said, well, <laughs> that's not right. I know that's not in the Word. You may even be able to say this. I don't know why that's wrong, but in my spirit, I know it's not right. I've, I've told you the stories. When we were first married, you know, I had all the, the schooling and went to all the... The, the stuff to learn the Bible and had done a lot of things on my own to learn the Bible. My wife, 
uh, she was a fairly new Christian. But she would go into a place and she would hear, ah, it's just not right. She'd come out and she asked me later on, way back when we first met, I was listening to this guy and they said this, but that just doesn't seem like it's right to me. And I said, well, it's not because here, 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 here. And I gave her the example. She didn't know any of that. But she knew in herself, that's not right. That's what the Spirit will do for you. That's how much help you get in this. You're not in it on your own. You don't have to try and figure it all out. You just tune into that voice and the voice will say, don't follow that one. <laughs> don't, don't go after that. Oh, okay. We just listen to the voice of the shepherd. Oh, it's so much easier to live the Christian life that way. But the enemy knows how easy it is if you get into that flow. So he is trying with everything he can to corrupt the word that you hear. To get you just to accept something that's a little bit off. Because if he can get you to accept something that's a little bit off now, then down the road he can get you to accept more. And down the road we can get you to accept more. And then pretty soon he's pulled you completely out of the word. So our people out there, they're, well, I don't even need the word anymore. I just go with this. We don't want to do that. Psalm 23, if you're there, great. If not, you can look up on the screen. A Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. How many have that psalm memorized? <laughs> I don't You know, we grow up in, in church, we just learned that one. They've read it so often or they, they want us to, to memorize this scripture. I know I memorized it. And... Oh, it's a, it's a good one. It surely tells us about the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. But we want to take some things from this to help us understand what it is to know the voice of the Lord. He's, look at this first verse. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Paul wrote in the New Testament, I have learned whatever state that I am in, therein to be Content. This is one who follows after the shepherd. If you can be led astray or go in another direction, you cannot, you can become discontent with what you have. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now look what the enemy did all the way back in the beginning, back to the, the book of Genesis and the fall of man. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And he came up to Adam and Eve and he told them some things. What did he tell them? There's something out there that you want. And you don't have it. Oh, I do want that. I do want to be as God's, knowing both good and evil. I didn't know I wanted that. Now I know. I, I want that. And see, this is what he'll do. But the Lord is my shepherd. If I trust the Lord is my shepherd... If I trust his voice, if God led me here, I'm good. This is good. This is a good place. I like it right here because this is where God led me. I like something that uh, Brother Keith Moore used to say. Uh, if God is, is uh, telling him sometimes he has this idea to come up or this thing comes in the spirit, I'm not sure if I want to do that. And once he got convinced that God wanted him to do it, you know what? That's a great idea. <laughs> I think I do want to do that because wherever God wants to take you, is a place where there is no wants. I can learn to be content. 
If I have in my life, I'm always looking, well, if I only had this. Well, if this would change, if this would become better, if this would, I'm not following after the voice of my shepherd. Because the voice of the shepherd will take me where? Where there are no wants. I'm not saying that everything that you possibly could dream of is yours. I'm saying you can still look out there and say, oh, I I can see that out there. But it's so good right here. Oh, it's so good right here. That's where we need to get. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in the green pastures. He takes wherever I need to go to eat. He's taking me over there. He leads me beside the still waters. Well, still waters are great because they um, you can drink from them. Now, every time I come to this 23rd Psalm, you probably don't have this issue. But this is an issue I have every time I come to the 23rd Psalm. I go all the way back to my King's College days. We're sitting there in the King's College and they brought in this person on Bible translation. And so we're sitting there in chapel and he's teaching us on Bible translation. He says, you don't understand all the problems that come in with Bible translation. He says, now most people here, you're not shepherds. But you can read about shepherds, you can understand shepherds. But we were going into places where they don't have sheep. They don't even know what a sheep looks like. They have no concept and they can't do research. And so we have to translate this verse. How many remember telling me telling the story? Anybody remember telling the story? We have to translate the 23rd Psalm in a way that people who don't know about sheep, therefore don't know about a shepherd, can understand it. So you have to look around at what they have. And so we would look around on this little island that they have over there. There's no sheep, but they had goats. And so uh, if you're going to translate this, this is how you'd have to translate it, he would tell us. He said, the Lord is my goat herder. I shall not want. All right, well, if we're going to do that. Now, now goats are different. How many of y'all know goats are different from sheep? You don't lead goats. You pretty much drag them where you need to go because they fight you. They'll, they'll fight you. So he makes me to, to lie down in the green pastures and leads me. No, he drags me beside the still waters except this is an island and so they don't have still waters there. All they have is beaches so he drags me along the beaches. Can you see we're losing a little bit of the meaning here? <laughs> so he would teach us and every time I come to this this, I'm always remembering the problems that they have with Bible translation to get these things into other people's hands. But uh, we could keep going on with that. But I, I wish, I think we, we did do tapes back then because I was actually in, the, in that aspect of the ministry and uh, we had reel-to-reels and we had tapes. And I often wish, I wish I would have bought a tape of that because uh, he did a lot of other things in there that would have been fun. But it's about who my shepherd is and the trust I have in it. If you want to get to this place where the 23rd Psalm is talking about, you need to know who your shepherd is and you need to trust him. If you led me here, this is a good place. If you led me here to eat, this is a good place to eat. If you led me here to drink, this is a good place to drink. And we trust him. That's what we have to do. If you're going to have the Psalm 23rd Psalm working you, then you have to have that with your, with your shepherd. You've got to have that trust with him. Now that state is not available to sheep who keep going out after stuff. If you're going to be a sheep and you keep saying, yeah, but I think I want what's over that hill and you keep going over that hill to go get that thing, uh, that's not going to describe you. 
You can confess the 23rd Psalm all you want to. You can pray it. You can say it. You can read it. You can do whatever you want. It makes no difference. If you don't live it, it's not going to happen. The Lord is my shepherd. I need to get into a place where the Lord is my shepherd. That's what I need to do. I shall not want. If I keep letting once come up on the inside, well, I've got to have that. I need to have that. Oh, if I could just get that. If I keep letting those things come up, I'm not letting him be my shepherd. That state's not available if we keep going out looking for stuff. This is talking about sheep who receive. It's for sheep who receive. I need to be a sheep who receives from the shepherd. I don't go looking for stuff. I don't go out to get stuff. I receive. You're going to be the sheep of the 23rd Psalm. You've got to be one who receives. They receive the green pastures. They receive the still waters. They receive these things. It's also for sheep who follow. You need to learn how to follow the voice of God, the shepherd. Learn how to follow it. Now, John 8 and verse 12 The Lord spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. His sheep walk in light. They walk in light. Don't go around confessing darkness. Don't go around and say, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. God's just not talking to me. We've talked about this a number of times, but you know the people who go out there and say, well, everybody has to go through a wilderness experience. Ever heard that? Yeah, talk about people who teach un, uh, un, ungodly stuff. Put it that way. Things that are just not in the context. How many of you heard that? Oh, we got a wilderness experience. Oh, I'm just out in my wilderness right now. And they relate it to Israel being out in the wilderness. Except when Israel was out in the wilderness, God showed up in a pillar of fire every night. Every night. Pillar of fire over top of them. Every day, cloud covering them from the hot sun. Every morning, manna rained down. God showed up and water is coming out of rocks. Quail are dropping from the sky. Waters are parting. Armies are dying. How would you like to have that for a wilderness experience? (laughs) See, there's no time in your life where God is saying, I'm not going to talk to you for a while so that you will grow. How ridiculous is that? No, my God always talks to me. He always talks to me. I gotta tune in to His voice. I gotta know what His voice is. Don't listen to some of those things. See, if you heard that before, on the inside of you, if you tune into the voice of the Spirit, the voice of the Spirit will say, that's not quite right. And you may have thought, you know, that's not quite right, but this is so and so, and, you know, I, they're a good teacher, I guess I have to just, no, don't do that. Don't do that. If it's down in your spirit and say, that's, that's not coming up, that that's right. Don't go after it. Now we can get into all the different things that are going in there, but I really just want you to get this one, one main point from here, and that is, if I am going to have him be my shepherd, these are some of the traits that need to go on in my life. I need to be in a place where I'm not in one. If I am always out there looking for that, I need to have this, I need to have this, I need to have this, he's not your shepherd yet. You may want him to be. You may desire him to be, but you've got to get to a place where he's your shepherd. In Mark 6.34, And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep, not having a shepherd. 
They were like sheep, not having a shepherd. So here's the state of people that are not being shepherded, right? He came upon and looked at them and he said he had compassion on them because they were like sheep, not having a shepherd. This is Jesus saying this about them. So what does Jesus do to fix it? So, he began to teach them many things. What does that have to do with learning the shepherd? The reason that people do not have Jesus as their shepherd is because they have learned the wrong things. They have accepted the wrong things. And so not able to discern the voice of the, of, of the shepherd from all the others. So he went around and he taught them. This is what the Word's saying. This is what the Word's saying. This is what's in the Bible. This is what my God, the Father, is like. And he would begin to teach them these things. If you want to learn how to get in the shepherd, you've got to get into the Word. Remember the, the shepherd, he, when Jesus gave that parable last week? Who is the gate? He is. He is. And we know that He is the Word made flesh. We've got to learn that Word. Matthew 9.36 But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. He saw the multitudes. Again, he's moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. That's what they were like. You know, it'll wear you out. If you try and live the Christian life without Jesus being your shepherd, it will exhaust you. It will make you weary. But that's not how we're supposed to live it. But there's a lot of Christians out there that are living the life that way. They show up at the church. They pray. They talk about God. They believe in God. But they have not learned the voice of the shepherd. They're out there following all kinds of stuff. Don't be out there following all kinds of stuff. Follow the voice of the shepherd. He's going to take you into good places. How many remember this back in the Old Testament when the shepherd led Israel out of Egypt? Where did he lead them to? He led them into what appeared to them to be a trap. They had one way out. And now the Egyptian army was coming out that one way. They had mountains on this side, mountains on this side, and a big body of water out there in front of them. And they were they panicked because God has led us here to die. Did they trust the shepherd? And they were in unrest. They were anxious. Life was not good. But God, He's He know I I led you right here. I wanted you to be right here. This is where I needed you to be. Trust me on this. This is a good place. Oh, but I can't see that this is going to be any good. No, this isn't going to work. No, there's no way this is going to work out. God, just trust me on this. God said, no, no, no. I'm going to see. Are you guys hard-hearted enough to pursue my people? Or are you smart and going to turn around and go back? He's waiting on them. Let's see what they're going to do. If they, if they decide they are hard-hearted enough to come after you, we're going to take care of it. And if they decide, you know what? Let's go home. Then it's taken care of either way. And they decided, no, no, we're going to come on over. So then God caused the confusion between them and so it kept them back at bay. And then God says, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to open up the water. We're going to bring you guys through it. But I want you to take note of this. 
All those Egyptians that you see out there coming after you, you won't see them tomorrow. See, they were in want. They were in distress because they didn't have the Lord as their shepherd. Same situation. They just didn't have the Lord as their shepherd. Your situation is not what's causing you the trouble. It's who's your shepherd. Matthew 17, 5. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. We need to listen. A lot of times we're listening to other stuff. We're not listening to him. If he's going to be your shepherd, you need to listen to him. There was things going on here that the, these right unto me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work to which I have called them. They were already called, but now they're being separated. That's a big difference. Many people don't realize that there is a difference between being called and being separated. Just because you're called doesn't mean you're separated. If you remember the story in Acts chapter 15, of course, Paul and Barnabas, they went off on the first missionary journey and they established a number of churches. And then they came back and then they spent time over in Antioch for a while. And then there was a commission that was sent out to Jerusalem and they had a question and they came back with the answer for that. And on their way back, we know that Silas had come back with Paul. Well, Silas was pursuing ministry. In fact, they even said in the book of Acts chapter 15, they called him one of the prophets. That he had pursued a prophet's ministry. And they sent him and another one back over with Paul. And they accompanied Paul to, uh, to come over to, to Antioch and to let him know, this is what we decided about your question. We're not going to get into all the things that are there. You can read the chapter if you want to. But in, in Acts chapter 15, verse 32, I'm going to read this part for you. Acts 15.32 Now Judas and Silas, themselves being prophets also, exhorted and strengthened the brethren with many words. And after they had stayed there for a time, they were sent back with greetings from the brethren to the apostles. However, it seemed good to Silas to remain there. So here's the story. You can read over this and miss this, but Judas and Silas are sent from Jerusalem to Antioch to deliver this message. While they're there, they're teaching, they're, they're ministering to them, they're doing some things in the area of ministry. They have called into the prophet's area of, of ministry. And so, they, um, they're time to come back. They said, alright, you guys can go on back and head on back. So Judas, he heads on back, but Silas, it says that it seemed good to Silas to stay there. What's that mean? It seemed good to Silas to stay there. Now think about, put yourself in Silas' shoes. Silas left his, his home in Jerusalem. If you're going to leave your home in Jerusalem to go over to Antioch and deliver a message, how much stuff are you bringing? How many can understand there's a whole lot of your life that is still back there in Jerusalem? you got your house, you got your furniture, you got your car, you got your boat. All that stuff is still there. Apartment if you're renting one, house that you bought one, whatever it might be. All that is still there. He left all that there. Maybe he had some people, you know, watering the plants for him while he's gone. You know, they were going to water the plants and kind of got extended a little bit longer. And then all of a sudden it just seemed good to him to stay here. Hmm. I think I'm just going to stay here. Why? I don't know. 
I have no real direction. I have no real understanding. But it just seems in my spirit I ought to stay here. Now, he's, he's not a resident of Antioch. He leaves the city where he was a resident at to go to a city that he's not a resident at. And then it seems good to him to stay there. So while he is staying there, we go on here, jumping on down to verse 39. There was a contention. We're skipping over the part of the contention between Paul and Barnabas. And so they decided to go different ways. Verse 39, Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. So it seemed good to Silas to stay where he was. I'm just going to hang out here. I'm not sure really why I'm staying over here. Maybe I'll go back in a week. Maybe I stay here for another month. I don't know. He just hung around. We don't know how long he was hanging around for. But all of a sudden, a ministry opportunity opened up. And Paul is looking for somebody. He looks around and says, who's here that I can take? <laughs> now, he doesn't seem like he has a whole lot of background with Silas. They met over there in Jerusalem. He probably accompanied him on the trip. But he must have had some kind of camaraderie with him. Yeah, I can get along with this guy. And they sure seem to do pretty good together. Silas, you want to come along with me? That's why I'm hanging out here. Yeah, and when, and when the Lord said that, yep. Or when Paul said that, the Lord said on the side, yep, that's what you're supposed to do. Go. Go and do that. And so he followed after, after Paul. And the two of them went on. Now, it always helps us to have an example of this and to look at an example of people that are doing this. So, with that, we're going to go over to Exodus chapter 32. We're not going to read the entire story, but we're going to read some of the story. But first, we're going to go over to Exodus 24, verse 13. Exodus 24, verse 13. So, Moses arose with his assistant Joshua. Moses went up to the mountain of God and he said to the elders, Wait here for us until we come back to you. Indeed, Aaron and Hur are with you. If any man has a difficulty, let him go to them. Then Moses went up into the mountain, and a cloud covered the mountain. So Moses and Joshua head up the mountain. Everybody else stays at the base of the mountain, right? They were given some other instructions too. The Lord had said, don't come on the mountain. Stay off the mountain. And then we jump on over to chapter 32. Verse 1, Now when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Come, make us God that shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Hmm. Now when the people saw... Alright, another question for you. How many of you read the comic today? All right, got more people reading the comics than the quotes. <laughs> or did you just read the quote and looked over to the comic? Maybe that was it. I pulled this one out because of this. You do, you don't, I'm sorry, you, your eyes don't hear. How does faith come? Faith comes how? By hearing. Your eyes don't hear. Cut that cartoon out when you get home. Put it on your refrigerator. Remind you. Your eyes don't hear. Your ears do. And your spiritual ears hear the spiritual things. All right. 
So if my eyes don't hear, what are they doing? All the things we looked at so far with the shepherd. The sheep hear the voice of the shepherd, right? They hear the voice of the shepherd. Doesn't matter if we can see, we hear. We follow the voice of the shepherd. Don't see with your eyes. So they're down there waiting for Moses. We understand this from the, from what we can tell on this. Moses and Joshua, they hit up the mountain. This cloud takes over the mountain. And we're even told there's some lightning and some thunder. Some stuff's going on on that mountain. They probably never saw anything like this before. Here's this thing converging. Moses is up in there. They're looking at this. And they, they decide, you know, we don't know what happened to Moses. Whose voice were they listening to to hear that? Is it the voice of God? It is not the voice of God. But a voice came to them and said, Moses is up in that. Probably killed him. And you're down here waiting. And Moses is never going to come. You better come up with a plan. Plan to get out of this because he's not come down. Wow. And then somebody mentioned it to somebody else. Yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. Pretty soon it begins to gain some, mo- some momentum. bunch of people are getting on this side. Ah, we need to come up with a plan. And if you've been here and we taught this uh, passage before you before, we, we'll let you know this. I'll just remind you about this. Remember who Moses left them in charge with? Aaron and this is the last time we hear her name mentioned. He's never mentioned again in the Bible. He's a prominent leader. Up until this point. And then we do not hear a word about him. Supposition is that the Israelites rose up and threatened the leaders who said, we're not going to do this. And her was killed. And when Aaron saw that, he became fearful and did what they wanted. We've seen mobs do that just over in France. They're having that big mob that is going out because they got upset over, over some stuff. We've seen mobs get over here. They get upset over stuff. doesn't even matter if it's right. All that matters is we got mad. They got a, they got a mob going on here right now. And they're coming after. And Aaron says, all right, well, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and do this. We will go ahead and make the, uh, the golden the calf for you. So they, they collected all the gold from them. They contributed their gold. And they made this this, this thing here. Come make us gods that shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Down in verse 7. The Lord said to Moses, Go, get down for your people. We always love that, don't we? Your people, whom you brought out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. And they have made themselves a molded calf and worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. He's telling Moses what's going on. This is what has happened down there. This is what they've made. This is what they said. 
So Moses then has to uh, embark on some intercession so that God doesn't just wipe them all out. God even says, look, I'll make of you a, a mighty nation. I don't need them. I can do it from you. So we get on down to verse 15. And Moses turned and went down from the mountain and the two tablets of testimony were in his hand. The tablets were written on both sides. On the one side and on the other they were written. Now the tablets were the work of God and the writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, this is a noise of wool in the camp. Hmm. Now, there's a lot of sketchy stuff in, in this part of the story we're not quite sure of. I put this in your outline for you. How close was Joshua to Moses is not known. There are some times that people have supposed that Joshua parked himself halfway up the mountain. But the scripture does not say that. Here's what we do know. He was close enough to assist Moses. Otherwise, why in the world is he going? If he's just going to go out the mountain and hang out by himself, why does he even need to go? He needs to somehow assist Moses. So he's up there close enough to assist Moses, but not enough to hear what God spoke. Because if he heard what God spoke, when he came down and heard the noise of the camp, what's he going to say it is? He's going to know exactly what it is. Moses knows what it is. Joshua doesn't. Joshua is not close enough to hear what God is saying, but he's close enough to assist Moses. That's all we can tell you. He hears it as, as war. Of course, he's the in charge of the army. That's probably how he's going to hear things. They come into the camp to see that just as God had said, this is what's going on. They had been moved off what God said by what they saw and felt. They got moved off from what God said by what they saw and what they felt. What are they supposed to be moved by? What they heard. My sheep know my voice. We got to follow the voice of God. They followed what they felt and what they saw. Christians today are doing the same thing. We follow what we see. We follow what we feel. But we're supposed to follow what we heard. They heard this from Moses. I'm going up on the mountain. We will come back. But they saw something that made them think differently. Don't be moved by what you see. How many have ever heard that phrase thrown around? Don't be moved by what you see. This is what it's talking about. Do not be moved by what you see. Be moved by what you heard. What did you get? Now, there's one group of people who did not comply. Who did not give in. Remember who they were? Now, I'm going to review this because this is real important for you to understand. If you've been through Exodus, you've already heard this, this part of it before. An entire clan did not follow. How odd is this? Don't read over this and miss the oddity of this. An entire tribe did not follow. Everyone else did from the other tribes, except this one tribe did not follow. 
We're not talking about the individuals that made up the Levites were so much better. There was something that was different. And we spent time on this before and we showed you. There were heads over hundreds. There were heads over thousands. There were heads over tens. And those in the Levites taught the Word of God with more integrity than the other ones. So that these people knew this is what God has said. We will not take part in worshiping another God. The entire tribe didn't go. They all stood aside. Moses comes down and he says, Who's on the Lord's side? All the Levites stood up. We are. And so he commissioned them to go out there and to slaughter people. Now you think, you read the story and you just think, Oh, they were just commissioned. Just go out there and kill anybody you want to kill. No. You were involved in this. You saw who was instrumental in leading people astray. Go get them. Knock them out. We do not need them around here. He wanted them to go out there and get the people who led them into this and to eliminate them. Because if you look at how many people died, there wasn't that many. If, if all the Levites went out and killed one person, there would have been more people dead. But they went out and there was a specific thing. You were saying this. You killed her. You threatened Aaron. And they went after those individuals. And they took care of that. Moses knew you guys resisted it if you resisted it, then the people who were instrumental in making this happen, they came after you. How many of y'all know it's today? We see this. If you are instrumental in standing up for things, they come after you. People in this country, I, I, I know I am. I'm getting tired of a two-tier uh, judicial system. I'm getting tired of, of one group of people that as long as you agree with the people that, uh, that are in charge or they're, they have, you have the right political view, we don't go after, go after you. But if we don't like something that you do, we're coming after you with everything we got. I get tired of seeing this group of person raided and hit and charged and brought into court. And then these one over here, that whole Biden thing is just get me, every time I hear it, it gets me angry. How can you have all that evidence and just sit there and not look at it? And then you want to tell me you're going to go after this person, this person, this person, and this person. I don't, I don't like that. I don't like injustice that's being done. If people did something wrong, go after them. It's fine. I'll make sure it's the same all the way around. But see, that can get us upset. But these guys, look, you resisted. You know if you resist, you will be made a target. Now, here's something we don't know. I don't know about this. It could have happened. If they were willing to kill a leader like her, were they also willing to kill some of the Levites who resisted? And if they did, you killed my brother. Because we wouldn't go along with what you wanted us to do. Those kind of things were probably going on. I'll have to wait to see the videotape when we get to heaven. But they were moved off from what God said by what they saw and what they felt. We do the same thing today. We go along with what we feel instead of what God said. I'll give you some other examples. Abraham going out against the five kings. Stood on what God said, not what he felt. Gideon, going against the, uh, the Midianites. He, he felt some things, and he was going along with what he felt, but then all of a sudden, God uh, really helped him out, and he got strong, and he decided to do what God said, what he heard, to believe what he heard, and not moved by what he saw. How many kings of Israel went up against great armies? How to get past what they saw, 
and stand on what they heard. Remember the prophets who would show up? You will not have to fight tomorrow. Dig ditches. Another God, another time. Dig ditches. What's ditches going to do? But God created a miracle because they did the ditches. They did what they heard and they were not moved by what they saw. What has God spoken to you? He's going to try and get you to, the enemy's going to try and get you to be moved off of. Don't let him move you off. Stay on it. Stay on it. You may have something down on the inside of you in the financial realm, in your, in your health, in uh, something that's, that's coming against you that you got something, God spoke something to you. He's going to send, the enemy's going to send everybody he can to try and get you off of what he said. He's going to get you to see things. He's going to get you to feel things. But do not get moved off from what God said. This is important because we all want to get to the top of the mountain where Moses and Joshua were. Oh, if I could just get to the top of the mountain and see God. Hear God in the thunderings. If I can just get to the top of the mountain. Oh, this will be good. This will be helpful. No, you need to have the victory at the bottom of the mountain first. And what we do is we had Moses and Joshua. They got up to the top of the mountain. They had victory there. But we have, of all the people in Israel, we had one group who had victory at the foot of the mountain. And that was... The Levites. And God saw what the Levites had done. He said, because you have done this, I was going to give the priesthood to everybody, but now I'm giving the priesthood to you. It is your blessing. Because of what they did. We've got to have some victory down at the bottom of the mountain. That means you've got to get some everyday things that you face and stand on it. Don't be out there looking, well, I want God to call, tell me that He has called me into this area of ministry. No. Get the victory at the bottom of the mountain. At the foot of the mountain. Get the victory there. This isn't a day-to-day stuff. When people rise up against you, when injustice has risen up, when things come against the Word, when people try and put pressure on you to believe in multi-genderism or to give in to, to uh, all the different things that they're doing in the culture today, trying to change the culture. Whatever it is, stand up to it. No, my God said this in His Word and I will stand with it. I will believe it. Have the victory at the foot of the mountain. There's lessons for us to learn at the foot of the mountain. We've got to learn these lessons before we start moving our way on up. Get ourselves going. There are lessons for us to learn. There are things I need to stand up to. Because when I begin to stand up in the day-to-day things, I begin to learn the voice of my God. Oh, that was God talking to me. Oh, look at that. Look at how that came out. Learn the voice of God. Don't, when we learn the voice of God, it doesn't just start with the things we want. Well, God, I want to know about this in my future. I want to know about this. It's coming up. No. I need to live in the now. God, what does your word say about how I am to live now? I may want to hear God speak about my calling. I want to make have God speak about my future. But, let God speak about where you are. Let God speak in the day-to-day. When He gives you something in His Word, hang on to this. Go into here. Speak this. Say this. 
Well, the Lord God told me this thing. And so you just go out there and you do it. Because it came up on you on the inside of you to do it. This is where you learn the voice of God. It's in the day-to-day. It's at the foot of the mountain. It's at nothing more than a Levite stood up and said, The word of God said, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. We will not take part in this. And they were probably threatened. They may have even threatened their kids. If you don't comply, we're going to start doing, we're going to do to your kids what we did to her. I don't know what kind of things went on there, but I know it was very violent. And it scared Aaron. But they didn't give in. We will not give in. And to a person in the tribe of Levi, they did not conform. And they learned the voice of God. Don't miss the opportunities that are before you in the everyday. This is where you're going to learn the voice of God. I can't stand doing what God said at the base of the mountain, at the foot of the mountain. How am I ever going to get to the top of the mountain? How am I ever going to get to a higher level where God can speak to me if I can't get the victory on this one level here? If I can't trust what what God wrote in His Word is true and hang on to it, how am I going to receive something in my spirit and believe it? If I can't believe what is written, how am I going to get it in my spirit? Moses, he was one who stood on what God said in the face of great opposition. He continued to do what God said. That made him ready to make the climb up the mountain because he had done this. There are many times, many reasons the Christians unsure about a higher calling being from God. Well, I don't know if God's really called me to this. Well, I think God's called me to this. And then they see somebody else. Well, they got a, they understood that they got a call. They understood that God spoke this to them. I've been waiting a long time. I've been waiting a long time to hear from God. How come I haven't heard from God and they're telling me that they heard? Well, our, our idea of standing might be different from what God's is. Maybe we had not stood the way we thought we did. Well, I thought I was standing. Maybe God says, no, I need more of a stand out of you than that. If you're going to be ready for what's going on. But so-and-so already heard. Well, how do you know that they heard from God? Maybe they heard something on their own, own self. And even if you have to stay at the base of the mountain longer than the next person over here, you don't know what's ahead for you. It may be you need to learn more at the base of the mountain than the next person because of what's in store. No, no, you need to get this down. You need to get this down. Because where you're going, where your calling will take you, if you don't get this down here, it's going to be trouble. You need to get this down. A long time ago, actually, I looked it up. Uh, it's about nine years ago. I gave you something. If you haven't been here for that long, then you didn't get this. will be the first time to hear it. I'm not going to try and teach this whole thing. I'm just going to kind of review it for you and give it to you again. If you want to find this, just let me know. I'll send you the, a link to it. I'll find a link to it and send it to you. But I gave you this thing, the five stages of speech. Five stages of speech that Christians go through. The first stage is whatever I know. Whatever I know. My daughter was relating to the words of a three-year-old. How many of y'all know? Three-year-old 
they will say whatever they know. Right? It may not be right. It may not be kosher. It may not be the best time. But they say what they know. There's a lot of Christians, they say what they know. Well, I read this on Facebook. They say what they know. And we've seen some crises going on here in this country. People just said what they knew. Didn't matter whether it was the actual facts of the story, they just said what they knew. That's the first stage. People will say what they know. You're not going to get very far in the Christian world if you always just, talk, just say what you know. you got to go more than that. Some other people, they say whatever they feel. Second stage, whatever I feel. Well, I feel this. Sometimes Christians try and spiritualize this. Well, I feel in my spirit. Some Christians don't know the difference between their spirit and their flesh. Just because you felt it doesn't mean that was right. You got to check it out and make sure. Because people have said some very hurtful things because they felt it. Well, I feel like God wants me to. I feel like God wants to. There's a third. Whatever I reason. All right, so we put some thought to this one. Think it through. Read it over a little bit. Whatever I reason. Well, we find places in the Word of God where they reasoned among themselves and they said something and that was the most ignorant thing they could have said. <laughs> Jesus said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And what did they, what did they do? The disciples reasoned among themselves that it's because we didn't bring bread. Pharisees were constantly reasoning among themselves and they came out with no wisdom at all. That's not a place where we need to stay as a Christian. The fourth, this one at least is a little bit better. Whatever I understand. I speak whatever I understand. There's at least some study. We put some study into it. May, we may not have full understanding on it, but at least we put something into it. So whatever I know, whatever I feel, whatever I reason, whatever I understand, but here's the fifth stage and this is where we need to get to. What I hear or discern. What things did Jesus speak in his life, in his ministry down here? What things did Jesus speak? Whatever I, just speaks Jesus speaking, whatever I heard the Father said. When Peter had his revelation as to who the Messiah was, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said to him, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. It was revealed and he spoke it. When Jesus spoke about Lazarus not being dead, when he spoke about him not not staying dead, when he when he spoke these things to him, what did what did he base that on? What he heard. When he talked about him going to the cross, dying on the third day, being resurrected, what was he speaking? What he heard. There is a huge gap between people who speak what they know, people who speak what they feel, people who speak what they reason out, 
people who speak what they understand and people that will speak what they heard or discerned. That's where we need to be. When you hear or discern the voice of God and you voice it and you speak it and then you will not move off of it, you are learning the voice of God. And you will be sure of what God says. Paul was called before he was born. Paul was told about this call on the road to Damascus when the prophet came. But Paul was not separated for many years. There was a lot of years and things that God had to do to get him ready. If you will follow the way of hearing the voice of the shepherd, if you learn that voice, you will overcome in life far greater than what you're doing now. But this is where we need to be. This is where we need to go. Everyday life down here at the foot of the mountain, this is where everybody can be. You're going to run into times when you need to stand on what God said. It may be against the world as they come against the principles of the Word of God. It may be against family members who come against how you're operating in the love of God. It may be against people who mean well and are trying to steer you in a good direction, but they're steering you away from what God has said. And you need to stay with what God has said. My God has told me this. My God has spoken these things to me, and I will not be moved off of them. As we continue to read through the New Testament, and you look at the stories, I want you to take a look at each one. Look at Jesus and how he's not moved off of what the Father said. Look in the book of Acts, Peter, James, and John, how they wouldn't be moved off from what the Father said. There are times that they were moved, though. Peter was moved. Paul had to rebuke him and bring him back. They got moved. But if you can learn to have the victory down here at the bottom of the mountain, you can be one of the Levites. God, you said this, and I'm not letting it go. I am hanging on to it. I don't care who comes after me. I know in your word you said this. If you will stand that strong for what he has written, you will open the door for him to speak things to you. Would you all stand with me? Father, I thank you that we are not in this world alone. The fight that we face, we fight it with you. I thank you for the peace that you give us through all this because we know what your word says. And we intend to have victory at the foot of the mountain. We intend to look to the Levites who stood against the pressure and didn't cave and didn't give in and stood up against the forces that were against them, against the public opinion that wanted to change gods and go in a different way. We will face some of that same thing here in this world. But we can stand and every time that we do we are learning the voice of God. 
I thank you for. I thank you that no matter what is ahead for us, what we're going through now is preparing us. And we will be ready when that day comes. I thank you for it. Let me give you the praise and the glory. With every head bowed, you're here today. Yeah, there's some things, some victories I need to have in the foot of the mountain. Raise your hand. Right, you think of some things in the foot of my mountain? Father, you see the hands that are raised. I thank you that you minister to them at the foot of their mountain. They will not be moved off of what you said. No matter who comes and speaks, no matter how good their intentions seem to be, they will not be moved off of your word. Give you the praise and the glory for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Glory to God. Well, again, it's good to have you all here today. And we are going to have our communion Sunday. This is our time where we remember what Jesus did. Jesus was not moved off of the purpose that God had for him. This is what we need to follow. When we think of all the torture, the beating, the crown of thorns, the humiliation, the nailing to the cross, all the things that he was up against, he did not relinquish what God That's the same kind of tenacity that we have to have. The more of that that we will develop, the higher up the mountain we will be ready to go. Thank you, Pastor. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, before supper, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this represents my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me he allowed his body to be beaten so that we could be free from the curse of the law he kept that in mind he could have called down a legion of angels but he didn't he stayed obedient he had the power but he followed the voice of God. The same kind of thing that we need to do. Follow the voice of God. Because even if the voice of God leads you into a place where there's a mountain on your left and a mountain on your right and a sea in front of you, and you turn around, there's an army behind you. Even if he led you to that same place, it's because he cares for you and he's about ready to deliver you. Don't be like the Israelites who hardened their hearts. Be like Jesus. Let's eat together and remember what he did in his body. At the end of supper, he took the cup. This represents my blood, the blood of the new covenant. In the old covenant, the blood was shed to cover sin. His was shed to wash us clean. Receive His work, the cross, the spilling of His blood did for us. Drink it. Glory to God. Father, we do thank you 
You had a plan? And Jesus pulled it off. Because you said you needed it done. Help us in this life to have that same tenacity. To hang on to your words and to accomplish them even if they're not comfortable. Even if it's not convenient. But we'll do it. We give you the praise and the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Well, tomorrow we have uh, our video teaching that we'll post. It's already up there on our YouTube channel if you've uh, been up there. But Lisa Harper is speaking on spiritual momentum. I loved her comments on the red letters and her desire for context. So I'll leave that there for you. You go out there and hear it. I have felt this often when I've heard people talk about the red letters in the Bible. But they're the most important. And she she took the words right out of my mouth with what she did on that. Loved her comment there. But she's going to give you a perspective that I had never even thought of with the woman at the well. When you get through this, you'll, you'll hear. She has a perspective on the woman at the well that is just absolutely, really, really good. I think you will enjoy that, that she does. Her opening story is long. But it shows how important it is, and this is some of the things we've been getting into on Wednesday nights. It shows how important it is that we as Christians always be kind. And though she didn't start off too well in the story, very kind, she sure recovered well. She gives a wonderful, a wonderful story. So I hope you'll... You'll enjoy that. Her purpose, of course, in spiritual momentum. She showed how some things like sadness and loss can can derail us. So I have that out there for you. You can enjoy. It ties very much into what we've been doing here on Wednesday nights. Wednesday night we talked about the kind of obedience that God wants is the kind that is teamed up with mercy, with kindness. And this is something that he was trying to teach in Zechariah chapter 8. If you didn't get to that, you can always go back up on the, on the podcast and the YouTube channel and you can you can take a look at these. They're out there for you to, to enjoy. Um, there was, uh, I was, as I was looking around, I didn't necessarily look for this, but it popped up. I saw that, uh, uh, oh, her name just went right out of my head. Jesse's wife. What is it? Kathy. Kathy DePlanis. Kathy DePlantis had been doing a series in her church on the parables. So if you want a different perspective, if you look that up, if you need it, I can put it up. I was thinking about putting it up as a, sort of a second one on, on this one if you want to take a look at it. I listened to, to one of them. Um, I listened to the third one in, in the series, and she did a, uh, a couple of them in that. She is both too fast and too slow for me. She, she takes a long time to make a point. And my mind drips. I have to, I have to always discipline my mind to, to stay there. Uh, that's why Fred Price does so well for me because he's not on anything too, too long. It's, all right, keep it coming. Keep it. I, I enjoy that about it. She takes a long time to make the point, and then she's too fast because she covers three parables in a time frame that uh, like ten minutes. It's just really, really quick, and I think, man, you just missed so much of all that. But anyway, it's a different perspective. She took on the mustard seed, and you'll find out that she has the same opinion on that. That, that uh, well. She called it her opinion. I don't call it my opinion. Um, I go a little stronger than that. But if you want to see some other different perspective on that, uh, she has, I don't know how many parts there is. I think I saw at least 10 parts in it. might be more than that. So if you're uh, any interested in that and seeing somebody else else's perspective on that. But anyway, this one is up there. I hope that you will enjoy her and the message. And as you get comments on it, as you have things, you listen to something, something you enjoyed, something you didn't enjoy. 
It always helps me to, to know because we're always out there looking for new things for us. This is part of our spiritual growth process, part of the things that I, I want us to be able to enjoy together. And if you get up on Facebook and you can, throw your comments up there. Throw your observations. Because then other people in the church can see it. And uh, they can interact with you on love to see some of that kind of stuff going on. I see these people interacting on Facebook and they're saying, Amen, Amen, the stuff that is, oh me, oh me. <laughs> but I know you guys have a, a good hand on these things and I'd love to see some of your interaction that you would have with each other. So that's, uh, that's coming on up. But anyway, if you don't want to wait till tomorrow for the text message or for the Facebook post, just go to the YouTube channel under videos. It's just sitting right there for you. I saw already about 10 people going up there and, and seen it. Don't know how many of that is just from the church because we have a lot of other people outside the church. Uh, if, I don't know if you ever looked up. They've got about 650 people that have subscribed to the church channel. And, uh, take a look at that. So that's always, always fun to see. Have a good rest of your day. Wednesday we are in chapter... Chapter 9. I'm sorry, chapter 8. Chapter 8. Jumping ahead. Chapter 8 on Zechariah. And he's got a, uh, another word. We kind of elaborate a little bit on this first one. Gave you some of the, the rundown in your bulletin. Enjoy some of the fellowship with each other. And uh, bless some people before you go.